Hello, welcome to the Campus Bible Study Podcast. Join us each week as we hear from God's Word, as we seek to prayerfully proclaim the crucified Christ as Lord of all. John chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hands and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Well, hello everyone. Uh, Welcome to ChatGOD and the Bible Talks. Uh, If you were one of the many people who completed the survey and you asked this question, uh, what would you ask God or something like it? Uh, A special thanks to you because it's a a great question. Uh, Because if there is a God... Or if there are gods, how can we know? Or maybe a question some of you may have asked is, if God does exist and he wants us to believe in him or her, why doesn't he or her or them show themselves to us? It's easy for Christians, isn't it, or uh, religious people to be conveniently saying, well, you can believe in God except that he's invisible. And that's why we can't see God. Or that in the past God did speak and reveal himself to people, but that's not the kind of thing God does anymore. But surely, if there is a God, and if he's the kind of God that wants us to worship her or to follow him, you'd think that God would make himself or herself a bit more easily known, a bit more easily knowable. You'd think that the gods, if they wanted us to know them, would make believing in them something that someone who is not irrational or not a blind faith religious type can do as well, wouldn't you think? And so God, gods, if you are really there, who are you and how can we know you? Well, in the part of the Bible that uh, was just read for us, I don't know whether you heard it or paid attention to it when it was read, but this passage from the Bible records for us a moment when a person called Thomas realised that he was in the presence of God and that God had made himself known. Have a look again at the passage. Here we go, the passage. Now Thomas, one of the twelve one of the 12 disciples, that is the people who Jesus had chosen specifically to be with him during his time when he was doing ministry. 
called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them, although the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, that's a cool word, I thought it was just unbelief, but do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. When Jesus appeared to a man called Thomas and showed him the marks on his hands from where he had been nailed on the cross and showed him from his side that which was pierced and and, and stabbed with a Roman spear, Thomas at that moment realized not only had the other disciples been right and they weren't crazy or out of their minds when a week earlier they had said, we have seen the Lord, But notice what else Thomas realized about this person who was standing now before him. This person who had just said, peace be with you, Thomas now realized this was God. His God. Now, if you're visiting the Bible Talks Campus Bible Study for the first time, I hope it's not a huge surprise to you that here at Campus Bible Study, we are looking at the Bible. But as we try to answer the question of how can we know God and what is God like, there are three things today that I want you to know about the Bible and what it says about God and how we can know Him. Firstly, the Bible doesn't ask for blind faith. Unlike what some people may assume, the Bible doesn't ask people to blindly believe It doesn't expect us to believe in God by, well, being stupid through sheer irrational belief, contrary to reason or contrary to proof. When I was an undergrad a few years ago, I remember sitting in the roundhouse with a group of mates and uh, somehow, uh, probably because a few of them had been drinking some beer, the topic of God came up. That usually happens. And uh, I remember one of my mates, uh, he called himself a Catholic trying to explain to the not-so-religious types among us what faith is. And I remember this really distinctly because it was just so different to what I knew the Bible said. He said, faith is believing something that is unbelievable. To believe in something that is unbelievable, that's true faith. He said, if you can prove something using logic or reason, or you believe in something because you you have to use your senses. He says, well, that's not faith. In fact, the harder something is to believe, and yet you still believe it, if you do that, well, that's real faith. Friends, that's not faith. That's stupid. Nowhere in the Bible does God ask anyone to believe in him without good reason. Look again at our passage, for example. Did you notice what it was that brought Thomas' disbelief to belief? What was it? It was evidence. It was Jesus showing up, showing himself alive again to Thomas. 
Before Thomas saw Jesus, he didn't believe. After he saw Jesus, after he recognized that Jesus really was alive again in the same room as him, only then did Thomas believe. The word believe here is the same word that is sometimes translated as faith in the Bible. But it wasn't just that uh, Thomas was somehow weak or his soul was inferior, that somehow Thomas didn't quite have the same faith or enough faith as the other disciples. And so Jesus had to show himself especially to Thomas. Well, actually, no. Because do you remember how the other disciples came to believe in Jesus? Remember what they said. We have seen the Lord. Earlier in the chapter, Mary Magdalene saw that the stone had been used, that had been used to cover Jesus' tomb had been taken away, it had been rolled away. So she ran to tell Peter and the other disciple. And after she told Peter and to the other disciple, and most likely the other disciple was the person who wrote this book, the, uh, the person called John, both of them ran to the tomb, and when they reached the tomb, they saw the linen cloths that was used to uh, wrap Jesus' body. And they saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head, now lying separate from the, the other cloth, and it was folded up. And we're told it was then that John, the other disciple, saw and believed. Later that evening, Jesus came and stood among the disciples. He showed them his hands and his side. And then we're told the disciples were glad. When? When they saw the Lord. That is, here in this chapter, the reason why the other disciples believe in Jesus is the exact same reason that made Thomas believe. Don't give Thomas a hard time. Jesus came. Jesus came and stood and showed himself to the disciples. And Jesus came and he stood and showed himself to Thomas. Friends, the Bible never says you have to leave your brains at the door before you walk into church or into the Bible talks. The Bible never says that faith is about, well, a blind leap or a leap in the dark or taking a leap into the unknown. Faith is not blind. In fact, the Bible goes out of its way to show that God, that Jesus goes out of his way to make himself known. But secondly, neither does the Bible say that the only way to know God is by seeing him. The Bible doesn't say you need to see God. The Bible never says that all of us have to see God before we can know him. In fact, even during Jesus' time on earth, statistically speaking, only a very, very small percentage of the world's population ever had the opportunity to see Jesus. Enough people did see Jesus, and enough people did meet him and were affected by him that nobody doubts that Jesus ever existed. But even if you were alive 2,000 years ago, even if you did live around Palestine or, or Israel, there was a big chance that you might not have ever met Jesus. But that didn't mean 
It doesn't mean you couldn't know Jesus. Jesus' reputation spread much more widely and to many more people than just those who saw him. And when Jesus appeared after his death, and he showed himself to his disciples, it was in order that after showing himself to them, he can now send them to tell others. And so Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. And of course, that's what the disciples did. They went. And the first person they told was Thomas. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So, the other disciples told him. Can you see it? We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, <laughs> Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Friends, the problem with Thomas wasn't that he couldn't believe in Jesus unless he saw him with his own eyes. The problem with Thomas was that he didn't want to believe in Jesus. He said he will never believe in Jesus unless he saw him and touched him himself. Jesus had sent his disciples to tell others what they saw. He had shown himself to them so that he can then tell others who were not there. But for Thomas, hearing the testimony of those who saw Jesus was not enough. So why then did Jesus also come and show himself to Thomas eight days later? Why, why did he try to make Thomas believe by seeing? Well, Jesus didn't do it because that's what he will now do for everyone. What Jesus did for Thomas isn't what Jesus promises that he will do to, for anyone who sets their own sort of criteria or conditions for believing. Jesus instead did this so that Thomas could now, along with the other disciples, be sent to tell others what they saw, what he saw, to testify to others to speak about the crucified Jesus that Thomas now saw had conquered death and was in fact his Lord and his God. Listen to what Jesus says to Thomas. Jesus said to Thomas, Have you seen, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And again, just to clarify, just so that we don't get confused by these words of Jesus, remember point one. Jesus isn't saying that real faith is blind faith. When Thomas and the disciples saw Jesus, they really did believe. And they believed because they saw him. There was something real that they saw, something tangible, something substantial. There was something historical even to believe in. So what does Jesus mean that those who have not seen and yet have believed are blessed? 
Well, he's saying exactly that. That you don't need to see Jesus physically with your eyes to believe. And that you can be blessed just by believing through the testimony of someone else who did see him. Now, over the weekend, the Penrith Panthers achieved an incredible victory and won this year's Rugby League Premiership. Uh, In case you don't follow Rugby League, uh, the Penrith Panthers were in their fourth straight grand final, and on Sunday, after being 24 to to 8 behind, with only 18 minutes of play left to go, remarkably, the team came back. They scored three tries and won the game 26-24, with their captain, Nathan Cleary, also winning the Clive Churchill medal. Now, put up your hand if you think I watched the game. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. (laughs) He knows I'm sporty. (laughs) Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I didn't watch the game, but others did. So how did I know what happened? Well, I, I read what somebody else who watched the game wrote down. And in, the, in, in case the, the article was somehow sort of fake news and, and it, it sort of made me follow a, a false trail, uh, using Google, of course, it was very easy to fact-check everything. And because there really were people who saw the game, anyone who did try to change the final score or come up with fake news about what happened, well, they could easily be called out, couldn't they? And notice, whether I liked it or not, whether you like it or not, the Penrith Panthers won. Well, friends, that's exactly the same with Jesus. You and I might not have seen Jesus. We weren't there to see him nailed and stabbed on his side. We weren't there in the room when he showed himself or or, or heard him say, peace be with you, to his disciples. But just because we weren't there, it doesn't mean we can't know what happened. It doesn't mean we can't know him. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of people who lived in Corinth, in, in Greece, people who had never had the opportunity to meet Jesus. Paul writes, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you believed, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died since then. Did you notice what Paul does? What he's doing in these words? Paul asked the Corinthians to believe in his message, in his gospel about Jesus. Why? Because Paul says it's true. It's fact. It happened. It agrees with what God had promised in the Bible through his prophets in the Old Testament. And it happened because people saw it. They were witnesses. And at the, same, at the time when Paul wrote this, he could even say that most of those witnesses, over 500, were still alive. In other words, go ahead, fact check. 
meet those people, ask them, see whether they collaborated or whether they actually did see Jesus alive. Friends, you don't need to see something for it to be true. It's true even if you don't believe it. And you don't need to see it with your own eyes to believe it either. You can know something and you can know someone as long as someone else has taken the time to carefully record what they saw. And so, of course, that's why, point three, the Bible does say you can know God now. And not just any God, but you can now know the God who can give you life by believing in his name. When Thomas calls Jesus my Lord and my God, Jesus, remember, said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And then, after recording both Thomas's words and Jesus' words, John, the one who wrote this book, listen then to how he concludes this little episode, this encounter. John writes, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. That's interesting. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Can you read those words again? For whom did Jesus write his, uh, did John write this book? Well, it was written for us. For anyone, that is, who was not there to see Jesus with their own eyes. And why did John write this book? Well, he wrote it so that we may believe and that by believing, you and I may have life in his name. Whose name? Well, Jesus' name, of course. Friends, we began with the question, God, who are you and how can I know? And I don't know if you're here because this really is the question you want to ask God. Or maybe you're here because someone invited you and you just decided to come along. Perhaps you're being polite. Or maybe you are curious. And so you decided to come or maybe it's just very hot outside and it's very nice and cool in here. Whether you really do have questions or you don't, can you see that if what the Bible says is true, you need to know Jesus. According to John, Jesus is the Christ. He's the King, the great Messiah, the one whom God had promised to rule this world. That he's the Son of God and God the Son. Thomas calls him my Lord and my God. And how you know Jesus is by reading the Bible. Starting perhaps by reading John. Because unlike knowing economic theories, or knowing quantum physics, or at least trying to understand it, or knowing the eight periods of British literature, 
Knowing Jesus isn't just a matter of passing a university subject. It's a matter of life and death. Listen to these words from John earlier in his book. And you may have read these before. John writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John writes that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son, however, shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. For John and for the disciples, for Paul, knowing Jesus is a matter of life and death. That's why it matters to know him. Because if you don't know him, if you don't believe in him, well, you won't experience the joy of forgiveness from God. You won't experience the promise of life, eternal. All all you'll face is the judgments, or the judgments of the things that you've done wrong, the life that you lived without God, the things that God is disappointed in you for, your failures, your weaknesses, your rebellion. Friends, why do you want to know God? Do you want to know God? We need God because God gives life. And you can start knowing God by knowing his son who died for sins and rose again to be the Lord of all. When I was studying here again a few years ago now, I had a mate who um, was my chemistry lab partner. And uh, you know chemistry labs. Uh, There's a lot of just waiting. And so we'd chat. And he knew that I was a Christian, and so almost every week for a term, he'd ask me questions. Questions about what God says about science. Questions about what Christians think about other religions. Questions about the Bible, whether it's reliable, whether it's historical, whether there are sort of other documents that verify its, its historicity. Whether there were proofs about Jesus outside the Bible, in other words. And each week I tried to find the answer for him. And when I didn't have the answer straight away, I said, can I look it up? And I'll come back the next week and, and, and give him an answer. And this went on, class after class, week after week, until one class I asked him, David, if I could answer you all your questions, would you follow Jesus? Would you become a Christian? And without a moment to pause and think, he said, nope. Well, finally, a question for you. What is it that's actually stopping you from believing God? For most people, my guess is that it's not the fact that they can't know God. But perhaps, like Thomas, it's the fact that they don't want to or won't. Maybe it's because you've got your own criteria for what God must do for you before you'll believe him. You say, there's too many other religions out there. How could any of them be true? And so you decide not to look at any of them. But perhaps it's because you don't want to stop doing the things that you 
think God might want you to stop. Maybe in reality, it's because you don't want God in your life. Whatever is stopping you, can you hear what the Bible says to you? There is no excuse. You can know God now. It's easy. Open the Bible. Read John. And if someone asks you to read the Bible with them, don't say no, will you? But more than that, how can you know God now? Well, you can know him by believing in Jesus. For Jesus is not only Thomas's Lord and God, Jesus is the Lord and God. And if you believe in him, he promises you eternal life. Well, how about I pray? Uh, and uh, I'm going to pray for you that you will be someone who, unlike my friend, is open to knowing God. Please join me in prayer. Father God, it's so easy to ask many questions, and it's hard to be asked the question. Would we follow you if we knew you? We know, Father God, that actually we are all people who are sinners, and that's why Jesus had to die for sinners on the cross. And yet we thank you that in his resurrection, he promises to give us peace for all who believe in him. For the people in this room today who don't yet know you, help them, Father, to want to know Jesus. Give them that desire to read the Bible. And we ask that in your kindness and mercy, as they read the Bible, that they may believe in your Son and receive eternal life. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. An interesting answer to the question of God, who are you and how can I know? Have you ever wondered what questions God thinks you should ask him? If you're interested in thinking more about God, what God says, we have a four-part study looking at the book of John, which is the one that we looked at today. Um, and can we encourage you, if you're interested, to take a look at these studies with the friend who brought you along today or to tick the box on your slip that says, I'd like to learn more about Jesus. So now we've got afternoon tea. I encourage you to keep thinking about the talk and who Jesus is and what it might mean if you followed him as your Lord and God. <clears throat> now tomorrow there's two talks. Uh, the first is on God, why are there different religions? Uh, the second is on God, why is there so much pain and suffering? And I hope to see you there.
Thanks for coming. Enjoy the food. And if you could just exit out through these doors. Um, and if you filled out the slip, a friendly ashra will collect them at the door. Hold on. Yes. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Campus Bible Study Podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on your regular podcasting app. And why don't you check us out on Facebook, YouTube, or visit our website at campusbiblestudy.org.